Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and what you're going to hear on this episode is a discussion of Supergirl Season 1. Carly Lane, Morgan Glennon, and I were invited to appear on Media Madness, which is a YouTube show hosted by Kat and Jay. And longtime Supergirl Radio listeners will remember Kat from Season 0. You can find their vidcast on their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash comicfrontline. Follow them on Twitter at comicfrontline. And like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash mediamadnessvidcast. And I just want to give a big thanks to Kat and Jay for giving us this really fun chance to get together and talk about the first season of Supergirl. And now I will let Kat... Take it away. Hey guys, welcome to Media Madness. Now, I know Jay's not here at the second, but he is trying to come on. He's fixing his uh, his Google stuff. Um, so he will be here soon. And of course, I will moderate the topics for now and, and tell him what we covered. But let's introduce uh, our, our cast, our panel here. Uh, let's, well, first of all, let me just introduce you guys as Supergirl Radio. Uh, we're all part of the same DC TV network. Uh, I think Andy's in the comments, so shout out to Andy there. Uh, so um, yeah, me and Morgan, we, we are um, hosts for Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And Morgan is also obviously a host to Supergirl Radio. So let's start out with Morgan first. So Morgan. <laughs> Hello. Um, is there anything that you want to just plug, like besides Supergirl Radio and um, Legends Tomorrow podcast? What, what else are you from? Oh, uh, you can find some of my writing on Buddy TV. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. Awesome. So let's go to Carly next, uh, who's obviously also from Supergirl Radio. But is there anything else you want to um, plug for the beginning of the show that you're from? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name. I changed it. I always forget. <laughs> uh, it's at Carly Lane. And oh, and I'm moving soon, but there's a loud train in the background. Um, that's always fun. Shout out during to the recording. Train. <laughs> uh, man, that's not going to be an, an always thing, actually. In like two more days, it's not going to happen anymore. Uh, and I'm also weekend editor at themarysue.com. Awesome. And Rebecca, what's going on? Uh, what's up? Yeah, I am on Twitter at Derby Kid, and I also do some YouTube videos. I'm trying to get all of my projects started and finished. I have lots, <laughs> lots of editing to do. Um, but if you want to see some of the videos I've shot and edited, you can go to youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. 
Very it's cool. All my stuff. Very cool. So uh, what I'm doing is collecting some questions. So if you guys have questions for us as we go along um, in the show, we'll we'll try to answer some. Um, I already see that we have a lot of comments and a, a good amount of live viewers so far. Uh, so yeah, just keep on chatting with us. And now since Jay's not here, he actually has all the topics we were going to talk about. But we'll just you know we'll just go with the flow and talk <laughs> from the top of my head. Um, so this should be fun. But we'll start out. Um, I don't want to say overall thoughts for the season, so we're going to go character by character. Or, you know what, let's let's start out with uh, maybe some smaller topics, uh, like the, the crossover episode. Let's start out with that. That's, uh, you know, was one of the big things that was this surprise announcement um, that we all got really excited for. Uh, so let's start out with Rebecca. What did you think of the crossover episode? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was neat to see Barry and Kara together and doing superhero stuff. And I liked that it was a team up of heroes versus a team up of villains. I liked that a lot, getting to see Silver Banshee in actual comic book costume, even though it was kind of ridiculous in some respects. Um, That was really fun. So I thought it was a, a big success. I thought, you know, for all the work that they had to do to get Grant over to Los Angeles. Uh, it seemed like, you know, all the interviews talked about what a what a hard time they had with the scheduling. So I thought that was a, a pretty big triumph for television, to be quite honest, to be able to cross over, you know, CBS and the CW. So um, to do that, to make the story make sense and for it to be a lot of fun, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, and I think we actually have Jay on uh, right on time. Uh, sometimes his, uh, we'll see if his camera goes on, uh, but let's go to Carly next, um, for the crossover. What did you think about it? It was really fun. And I think more than it being fun, it allowed fans who maybe weren't familiar, who liked one show, but maybe weren't familiar with the other show as much to really get a sense. Like I, I remember seeing a lot of people that said, hey, I'm like a Supergirl fan, but I've never watched The Flash. Now I'm going to start watching The Flash because I love Barry Allen and how cute he and Kara were together Um, and vice versa. Like, I think a lot of Flash fans ended up coming over to Supergirl. So that was great. But I also think the thing that I really liked about it was that the two of them really got to bond over being superheroes and that Barry actually got to give Kara some important advice. So it wasn't just like a fun, cute episode, although we did get a lot of those moments, but I think this, the, the moments where they really got to have those heart-to-hearts were important, too. Uh, how about you, Morgan? What did you think of the crossover? Yeah, I loved the crossover episode. I thought it was so uh, so good and so fun. And I really liked that they like they kept it light and that those two characters interacted with each other so well. Uh, and I think, like Carly said, it was a really good entry point for fans of one show to, to get like a little bit of a taste of the other show. I saw like a lot of like people going like, Oh, like I, I really want to check out the flash or I really want to check out Supergirl now. So I thought that that was neat. Very cool. So just to introduce Jay onto our show, <laughs> uh, what's going on, Jay? Hopefully we can hear you. Cause you know, yeah. plus we can, can. I can. So uh, the only thing we talked about was the crossover. And then you could do the agenda. I try my my best to improvise there. Uh, so what did you think of the crossover, Jay, of uh, Flash and? Um, I honestly loved it. I thought it was a great episode. It brought both um both of the positives from both shows. Like it really highlighted everything that was great about both series. 
I would have liked a little bit more of the Flash characters to be in it because all we got was Barry. And I would have liked them to pick up on it when Barry came back. You know, we got to see that cut scene where he left and then he came back. I would have liked them to at least acknowledge that on the Flash. But um, overall, I really loved it. And I actually got to see two two different versions of it. Well, a version and then um, a high, um, I guess you would say, uh, Easter egg type thing. Because um, if you have CBS All Access, you can actually watch um, commentaries on certain episodes. Like they did for the pilot episode, they and they did it for this episode. It was um, Kreisberg and um, I forget the other guy's name. I can't think of it right now. Sorry. I have a head cold, so I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, the two producers, not Ali Adler, um, the other two, they were on there um, and they were talking about it. They gave you insights into why they did certain scenes, like why um, Silver Banshee did her change. It was originally supposed to be more gradual, but they had to do it for um, cost effectiveness. They want to like start off with her hair turning a little bit white, little by little, and then have her transform. But then they were like, oh, let's just do the whole makeover thing because it would be cheaper for us. So that's how it was supposed to go. If you listen to it, it's like really cool, like how they, they went back to it. They were like, this scene, we did it because it was in the Flash Arrow first crossover. So we want to do it for this crossover. I thought it was really great. And, um, a little plug for CBS All Access, which I always try to push because it's an excellent app. <laughs> it's an excellent app when you're at work <laughs> and you can't watch it on TV or someone's hogging the TV and you're not allowed to watch anything. You can watch it on your tablet, on your phone, on your computer, wherever you have in front of you, you can watch it. And if you don't watch it, you can always watch it later on. It's, it's the best app for um, me for TV because I love watching Supergirl on it anywhere I go. So so there you go. Your, your first CBS all-access <laughs> plug. Um, so for me, before we get into first the character. <laughs> one of many. Uh, yeah, so before we get into the character break, uh, breakdowns, uh, I really enjoyed the crossover too. Probably my favorite crossover better than even our own Flash crossovers in the past. I think it was the most um, entertaining and uh, it just went to the aspect of fun, and that's that's what you want to see with these crossovers. So I really enjoyed it. So now let's pass it on to Jay uh, to uh, tell us what characters we're going to talk about. Which is interesting <laughs> that the crossover was first there. That was really cool. Well, no, I, I switched it up. Right. I switched oh, it up. never mind. I thought it I was down, right. but see, I try I try to catch up when I come in late. I um, play catch up. So um. Yeah, we're going to get into some character breakdowns, and um, we'll start out with, let's say he's the Lex Luthor of the show, Maxwell Lord. Um, if you don't know from the comic books, he was a good guy. He went psycho, and he had an interaction with Superman, and um, he killed Teddy Cord. So, you know, he has a history in the comic books of being a little unstable, but um. He's mostly affiliated with the Justice League International, you know, Booster Gold and them. So it was really cool to see him in here. And he was a bit darker, I think, here and more methodical. Uh, Kat, what do you think about him? Um, I really liked Maxwell Lord. Well, first of all, they just 
talk about villains in general of this show, what I loved about Supergirl is that they didn't really have a big bad because you had three characters that were the possible big bad. So you had Astra in the pilot where you're like, oh, she's going to be the big bad because it's the same formula as Flash with, you know, Harrison Wells. Uh, but then you had um, Astra not be a villain really at all. And then, you know, Non came in. Uh, then you had not- Maxwell Lord, like, oh, she's the big bad. Oh, wait, he's not. And then you also obviously had Hank Henshaw where you didn't know that he was Martian Manhunter. So that's what I loved about Supergirl is that they had their own formula and they didn't go the Buffy style where it's like, here's all these villain of the weeks, here's the big bad. So uh, I really liked the the switch up in this season. I thought that was really well done. Going to Maxwell Lord, what I like about him is that they kind of did go to the comic book origins, showing that, yeah, he's a villain, sure, but he's a good guy also. Like you just said, Jay, like he was a good guy first. And you see that in this end episode where it's like he wants the good for humanity and you see that he's not truly painted as this true villain he he definitely walks that line which i think makes him really interesting and uh the actor is really good too so um i thought he was a really interesting character well how about you rebecca uh, I liked Maxwell Lord towards the end. The beginning of the season, it was kind of hard for me to get attached to him because he was such a Lex Luthor wannabe. But some of his stuff with Cat Grant, we've even talked about on Supergirl Radio about how their chemistry was kind of really fun to watch. And the stuff that he talked about with his backstory about his parents, that actually I kind of gravitated t- towards. I thought that was good character motivation for him. So some of the stuff that they've done with him is good. I'm I'm just worried that if we get a season two, we're going to get some sort of love triangle between Kat and Alex and Maxwell. And I'm sort of trying not to dread that, but I would. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think Maxwell has been an interesting character because sometimes he does seem like a big bad and sometimes he is a friend and an ally to Supergirl and he has been very helpful to them. So uh, he's he's done a good job of kind of walking that line. Um, Carly, how about you? Yeah, it's funny because when we first get introduced to him, and I and I was reminded of this because I was rewatching a couple of the early episodes. He's very douchey. <laughs> 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 like, like I Just watched the Reactron episode. I watched the Reactron episode again, and he basically credits Superman with saving his life. But like after you know Supergirl like swoops in at one point and is just awful and then the whole like Bizarro Girl episode I mean that was pretty dark when you go into the whole thing of how he was experimenting on these young girls and like all these girls that were basically killed because he was trying to like inject them with like <laughs> what was it like her DNA or whatever like some yeah. uh, it was it got very twisted and dark um so, I mean, I think he kind of was on the way to redeeming himself, at least by the end of the season. We all had a, a prediction that he was going to be killed off in the finale. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he went some, you lose some. Which didn't happen. We were, and I was actually surprised that no one died, but I guess the stakes weren't that high. Like, they didn't really make it so that you thought that that was going to happen. Um yeah, a bigger cliffhanger um, that happens instead, <laughs> leaving you on a let's let's not forget Kelly. Kelly did pay the ultimate price. <laughs> R.I.P. Kelly. Kelly. R.I.P. Kelly. Um, we knew so much about Kelly. <laughs> uh, but I think he was starting to get back to maybe somebody that was redeemable. Not like a complete good guy, obviously, because he's got his own interests, and you see at the end that he's 
probably going to be working with, you know, wasn't he going to be working with like General Lane or something? And mm-hmm. you're like, that's no good is going to come from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, 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 I have mixed feelings about him as a character. I like that he got more fleshed out, though, from just the stereotypical bad guy. So we'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, Is Jay frozen? He might be. Okay. (laughs) Tech issues of the week. Uh, I'll text him in a bit. But Morgan, what did you think of Maxwell Lord? Yeah, I I, I liked that he wasn't like a one-dimensional... Um, character. I think that one of the problems I had with uh, with Non, which I guess maybe at some point we'll get into later, was just that he seemed to just have one dimension. It was like, I am evil. <laughs> and uh, like, I don't find that to be super interesting. So I like that he had like different dimensions. He had the backstory. He had, obviously there's something going on with him and Kat. I still want to know what that was. Like, I want to know what their history is. So there's like some mystery and some interesting uh, aspects of him, of Maxwell Lord. I think that maybe the show wasn't quite sure what they wanted to do with him. Like, I feel like they went in hard with him for at first as like the Lex Luthor of the show. And then they were like, no, we want to give him shades. We don't want him to be evil. We got to pull that back. But like at that point, he'd already been like, I don't know, like experimenting on like young girls and killing them. So it felt like it was maybe too late to pull back those reins on him being like, kind of evil I don't know I felt like they kind of flip-flopped uh on him a little bit which was I I don't usually mind characters being sort of gray area but I felt like they went a little too far in one direction initially and then tried to overcompensate by like pulling him back without there being a lot of like repercussions for all the like the crazy stuff that he had done (laughs) yeah that's true yeah, oh, maybe if I think he was like casted for another show, but if he goes but comes back for season two, maybe they could correct some of those uh, flip flopping moments. But uh, let's go to Jay. I don't think you gave your comment on Maxwell Ward. Um, I hope they actually go a little bit further into his character. I hope they um they show maybe his unbalance is connected to him maybe experimenting on himself to get powers because in the comic books he does have um some powers so he does have some mental abilities i would like them to play off of that cool so who's our next character jeb um hank and shaw slash john jones slash martian manhunter there's a lot um, of flashes in his name <laughs> <laughs> okay nothing ever has with supergirl and that's what part of the appeal to it characters you thought you would like you turn out characters that you thought you would hate turn out to be very endearing to the audience. So I think that's a big thing with Supergirl. Never know who you are. Never know what they're going to get. And John Jones is one of them. Hank Henshaw, we were introduced as the director, the DEO. We thought he was going to maybe someday possibly become Cyborg Superman. Um, even maybe he was Cyborg Superman when we start seeing the eyes glowing. And then they plopped it out that he was just the Martian Manhunter. And that was, for me, as a Martian Manhunter fan also, that was an awesome thing to say. I really liked that. I thought they actually did him correct. They didn't just put green paint on it, on um, the actor, you know, which is what they do. They just, you know, put makeup on people. They went full out CGI. I love that. He was big. He was um, 
intimidating, but at the same time, you saw a gentleness to the way that they portrayed it. And that's basically what Martian Manhunter is. He's big, intimidating, but he's also gentle. He's like a Superman, but not really a part of the Earth. That's how I like to refer to him in my head. He's Superman, but not actually part of Earth, where Superman is more connected to humanity. I, I love Tank Henshaw in this season. I hope we get to see more of him next season, a lot more of him as Martian Manhunter, too. You know, that is out and they don't have to hide it. So, um, Morgan, what do you think about Henshaw? Yeah, I loved I loved Hank Henshaw. I I loved the um the the twist where you thought he was going to be this villain because of the name that he had, and then it turns out that he's actually Martian Manhunter. I and I liked that they that they sort of had an arc planned out for him clearly, where they were misdirecting you and think making you think that he was the villain, and then they flipped it around and he turns out to be one of uh, Supergirl's biggest allies, actually. And I liked that they went into his um, his backstory a lot, actually, in the first season. You wouldn't expect that in a show that's about Supergirl, but we got a lot of Martian Manhunter um, in season one. We got to find out about his um, his planet and his backstory and how he uh, ended up impersonating Hank Henshaw. And uh, I liked the whole thing. I thought that his storyline was really actually strong. I think it was probably one of the stronger individual character arcs of the season. Um, Carly, what do you think? I just love John Jones. <laughs> He's so precious. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many feels about him this season. Like, just at how what a terrific father figure he was for Alec. I mean, I think he was more of a father figure for Alex and then sort of came around towards being that same uh, person for Kara later on. But I thought that the show did a really good job too of kind of growing his emotional arc because at the beginning, you don't really know what his motivations are. You don't really know like if he's kind of, kind of being more than just the gruff like DEO leader that just barks orders at people. And then you really get to see that he has this past that's really traumatic. You get to see that he has a relationship where he really cares about this young woman, Alex. And then you get to see the whole thing, too, of, you know, the the part where he takes the fall for Alex killing Astra. And, like, Kara's really mad at him. But the two of them, you know, she when she learns the truth, they have this reconciliation. And, like, it's what I think for me was one of the most beautiful moments of the whole season. Like, the three of them kind of reconnecting and then it's great because they get to work together for the rest of the season you see like john jones and Kara flying together and like training and so i think by the end in the finale when you know she goes to him and kind of like tells him her plan and everything you feel that that connection that relationship because it's there because they basically built a whole season around growing it so He's one of my favorite characters, and like Morgan said, I think they did a really good job of giving you his backstory, which is something I don't think I had expected them to do, especially in the first season. Like, you didn't, you don't think that they're going to go that deep into Martian Manhunter. Um, so I'm excited about what they've done so far, and I'm really hoping that we get more, because he's awesome, and I love him. <laughs> so who's next, Jen? Rebecca. 
Uh, I really liked uh, the way they handled Martian Manhunter. I was going into the show and finding out about the twist. I was a little bit disappointed because if you put Hank Henshaw on a show, I'm expecting Cyborg Superman. He's one of my favorite comic book villains because he's scary looking. He's like half Superman, half robot. He's terrifying. He's done some terrible things in the comics and he's a great villain. So I enjoyed the twist for Martian Manhunter, but I really hope if we get more Supergirl that they will give us some Cyborg Superman because if you promise me that, you better deliver. Um, but I thought they handled his character really well. I loved seeing, getting to see him on Mars and with his family. And I liked getting to actually see white Martians running amok in the city and <laughs> causing trouble. And I liked the way he interacted with Alex and Kara and the kind of little family unit that they built. But the one thing that I wish they would do more of is establish his power set because Martian Manhunter is a super powerful. I mean, he is one of the most powerful heroes in the DC universe. If you look at all of his abilities, like on Wikipedia, it's like this humongous list that goes forever. Like he can do pretty much anything. So I would like to see them utilize more of his abilities. I mean, they showed him shapes shifting, they showed him flying, they had him kind of dealing with his ability to kind of deal with people's minds and everything. And that was actually pretty cool because it showed that he didn't want to have to do that kind of thing because he knew how pow powerful and dangerous that was. But I just kind of wish they would kind of build on his power set because he's he's a really interesting character but uh, i ended up really liking him and i thought he was a great asset to the show yeah um besides his power set another thing i would like them to establish with him is his actual place in the dc hero verse in that in their universe because it seemed like when he first said that he was part he was the martian manhunter he's like oh yeah your cousin your cousin um Clark, you know, did this and that. Like he knew Superman, and he, you know, you felt like he was a part of the Justice League at one point. And then later on, as you got into it, it was like no one knew of it about the Martian Manhunter. He was a big secret, you know. So I would like them to explain that. Like, where does he actually stand? Because he knows Superman, but he doesn't interact with them. So that was something I thought that was really lacking in his character. That was the only thing really that was lacking about Martian Manhunter for me. Um, Kat, how about you? Yeah, I mean, just the, the moment we found out he was Martian Manhunter was probably one of my favorite moments of the season and still, like, the biggest shock, I feel. Uh, I mean, even if, yep, like, you knew... You texted me right away. You was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, but even if you knew he was going to be Martian Man, oh, yeah, yeah, I did text you. I text you all the time. Anytime something <laughs> big happens, I'm like, Jay, did you watch? He's like, of course I watched. I did you see you know, it? I see CBS All Access. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, I plug it every chance I get. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I always text him when, when those happen. But that was, like, a big moment. I was like, oh, my God, that just happened that it was Martian Manhunter. I was just shocked that the way they showed it. I, I loved it. And it's one of the most memorable scenes of season one. Uh, but I go, I definitely agree with Rebecca. I think they should explore more of his powers, even his weakness. They referenced the whole fire thing. They always had fire next to him. Never said that was his weakness. I thought that was a little weird. 
Um, but I love. He was the- right next to an explosion that Indigo like <laughs> created, and nothing seemed to phase him. <laughs> yeah, was so- that was that when Indigo got thrown into the shed that just randomly? Exploded? <laughs> that was. My I favorite. think that was the moment. There was a couple of moments where he had fire next to him, but that was one of my favorites. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like his relationship between Alex and Kara. I love that father relationship, and hope to see that grow even more. And I would like to see Miss Martian in the future because I think they built that up in season one. It's like white Martians and then having a character who is a white Martian who's his niece, that would be really interesting to play with, uh, which I think Supergirl is good with is this internal identity theme, which uh, would be great for a character like uh, McGon. Uh, so yeah, loves Martian Manhunter. So yeah, there's many tweaks here and there they could have done, but that was mostly power set and because they didn't have a lot of time. I think they could explore a lot of that in season two. Let's hope we get a season two. <laughs> uh, I think they will get a season two. They're stupid. I mean, it's, it's one of their best shows on right now. It's one of their best shows on it. And I like CBS. I actually watch other shows on CBS. I'm the only one that calls it the old people network before Supergirl was on. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I, and she thought I was crazy when I said it would be a great spot for Supergirl, CBS. She's like, that's crazy. It's the old people network. (laughs) Supergirl and all the NCISs. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So who's the next one? Well, since we're still talking about Hank Henshaw, I want to ask everybody a question. Do you think if we get a season two, well, I'm going to be positive when we get a season two, that go. Henshaw will be um, come back. The real Hank Henshaw will come back part of Project Cadmus. They butchered him and made him su- um, Cyborg Superman. He's the one in the pod. No, <laughs> I hope not, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's in the pod? Who is in the pod? <laughs> that's going to be a question all summer. Um, I think that's pod- an awesome speculation, though, because we heard that when they were going to look for Jeremiah Danvers that they that Project Cadmus was associated with that whole journey and I that ties into some people's speculations that they might make Jeremiah Danvers the cyborg Superman so that Dean Kane can play Superman a <laughs> Superman again so that could actually all tie in together so that's a pretty good speculation I like that yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, we'll get into it. Cool, I hope it's another Hank character, but uh, I, can, I can see Hank Henshaw on season two. Uh, does anyone else have thoughts on Hank Henshaw season two, Cyborg Superman, or pretty much the same thing? <laughs> just, just see what happens. Okay, so uh, Jay, who, who's next? All right, um, we touched on the Danvers family, so let's go into the Danvers family and Alex Danvers. Uh, I'm including the whole Danvers family in here because when you talk about Alex, you got to bring up the mother and the father. You know, you bring up them all because they're so tightly knit, which I love about their family. It's a tightly knit family. Even though you don't see them all the time, they're constantly there. The family is a, it's a strong connection with the show family in all different aspects. The ones you make, the ones you have, you know, the ones you want. So it's, it's a nice connection there. I loved Alex. I thought when they first announced her character, the description, what they gave us. Because it almost sounded like she was, because it said that she was jealous of her um, sister, Kara. And that, um, I was thinking, okay, Alex, she's going to be the Lex Luthor of the show, you know, 
they're gonna call her Lexi or something like that. I I I just thought that she was gonna be the Lex Luthor, and I was worried about that because I didn't want them to play off of that evil sister. You know, I hate my stepsister type thing. And I'm glad that they didn't. They went with a very nurturing older sister. And I love that, that they did with that. And um, the family, I love that they went with the casting for the family, too. They went back to the original Supergirl, and they went to um, Lois and Clark Superman with Dean Kane. I love that. So, Helen oh, Slater and, and also, Dean Cain. Oh, on, Jeff. Go I was going to get a disclaimer. One disclaimer is that I'm going to mention now before Jay mentions Carr again. <laughs> Jay is gonna call Kara Kara because he will. He does not want to budge. He's not. He's not gonna call um, um, because you could say it, Jay. <laughs> I will explain it. I am a Superman fan from way back. I've been a Superman fan since before I was born, literally. Um, and I know her name is Kara in the comic books. That's how they've always said it in everything up until now. And if you actually had the CBS app, you could watch during a pilot. There was a whole discussion on that. Um, they toyed around with calling her Kara or Kara, and they went with Kara because it sounded um, more, more, um, more alien-like, you know, than Kara. Kara was a little bit plain. It was more exotic to call her Kara. So I maintain her name is Kara, and. I even tweeted out during the pilot that they said it wrong like six times. I think I said it um, because they're saying it wrong. So I know well, all of you say car and I'll respect that, but I'm still going to call her Kara. Well, it's also a throwback to Supergirl the movie because they call her Kara in that movie. So I kind of like that a show that has Helen Slater on it is pronouncing it Kara just like her movie. So in that respect, I, I enjoy that. And for me, yes, but that's, 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 how, um, that's how Helen Slater thought it was pronounced. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I do. I mean, for me personally, I always do Kara for the show. And when I talk about the comics, I talk about I say Kara. So although I think that's what I try to do because I I'll, I'll, res I'll respect the show and do Kara. But I do like I do like the how it's like sounds Kara. So I'll do that. But I I wanted to give the disclaimer where people in the comments are like, <laughs> what is he saying? He's totally saying the name wrong. Uh, but yeah. sorry. Good. I'm saying her name. <laughs> uh, so Alex Danvers, uh, Jay, did you have any anything else to say about Alex and the Danvers family? Um. I just love that she's really badass. You know, she's not a weak person. And that goes with all the characters on here. No one's like a weak person. But her, I like especially because she doesn't have any powers. Nothing makes her stand out from anyone. But she does stand out because of her, her persona. She just puts out this attitude where she's not anyone's secondary you know like she's not secondary she's a primary and she makes that known just in her presence even the way she stands and everything about her i just i really love how they did alex she's very powerful but also she's very nurturing so i really love that duality with her um how about you carly yeah i mean kyler lee has been one of my favorite actresses for a while and uh and I think she does a really good job, too, of bringing the emotion to the character. I mean, she can make me well up at the drop of a hat without doing much at all. So, <laughs> But I agree. I like that she there's a duality of her character. She is powerful. She's kick-ass. She can, like, 
run into a situation guns blazing she can take on a halgermite all by herself like <laughs> you know what i mean like so she doesn't really need supergirl to to you know save the day but it's nice because you also get to see that she teaches Kara things even though Kara has the superpowers alex has the experience of like working with deo and kind of honing her skills so that early on in the season we see her teaching Kara like you have this the power but you need the finesse so like alex helps her with the <laughs> finesse too and i going back to the danvers like the parents i love that we got to see like how open-minded they are and how accepting they are of other cultures and other worlds because i mean obviously superman wouldn't have placed Kara with them if they were horrible people but <laughs> i guess he's a pretty good judge of character but um <laughs> You know, you get to see Jeremiah and um, Eliza interacting with Martian Manhunter in two separate instances, and they both kind of approach him the same way with this fascination that's not mean, but, like, kind of just curious in its innocence and just really sweet, and but also, like, willing to embrace him even though he's different. So I think that's a great message that the show kind of teaches us through them. Um and also, I kind of like that we got to see Alex as, like, a little bit of a bad girl for a while before she, like, <laughs> kind of reformed her ways. I mean, it was very brief, but, you know, she had her rebellious moment. So it wasn't like she was, you know, completely perfect either. So, yeah, I love the Danvers. They're great. They're great people. <laughs> um, Kat, how about you? Alex is probably my second favorite character. Um, I love her relationship with Kara and that, that sisterly bond, even though they're not blood. And I think that's a big part of this show is that even if you're not blood, that doesn't mean you're not family. And I, I love that aspect of the show. And I love how like Supergirl relates to the, the Danvers also saying, yeah, they are my parents. But then I also had my other parents that I knew too, which makes her different from Superman. Is that Superman was a baby here. He only knew the Kents. But Kara has two family members. She has the Danvers who she sees as parents, and then she has, um, you know, her 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 biological parents from Krypton. And I think that's um, I loved how they balanced that, and that's one of my favorite. Another theme I loved about Supergirl. Uh, so yeah, I mean the the sisterly duo you had there was amazing, and I hope to see even more. And it's interesting to see what what they did with Alex in the finale of her being controlled. Um, and how she got out of it, uh, and making Alex kind of the villain of that episode, at least from the beginning. Uh, and I thought that was really cool because I think that's that that's Kara's weakest point is her sister in, in the best way possible because of how much she cares for her. Uh, so I I love I love what they did with the Danvers, and obviously the casting was great for the Danvers family. And I, and I also just um, shout out to Laura Vander. I always say Laura Vandervoort, but I think it's Laura Vandervoort, Voort, I always pronounce it wrong. But uh, I loved her since Smallville, and it's great that they added all the Supergirl. That was great. So shout out to her. Uh, and she's awesome and bidden. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's all I have wanted to say about the Danvers family. Yeah, I would have loved for her to have been Power Girl. That was my dream casting yeah. for her. I want her to be Power Girl. But... Alas, no, wasn't so. But, still, um, honestly, they could still do it though, because like they could. Indigo was so costumed. I feel like they could make her another character if they wanted to. I I could I could, I could be I could be open minded to it. <laughs> I think 
think that they're better than that. Like they won't, they won't reuse an actor, like a character, or at least connect this with. somehow to where, like Hank Henshaw could be two characters. He could be Hank Henshaw. He could be Martian Manhunter. You know, mm-hmm. I think that they would do, but something like this, I don't think they would do. Although I think it would be different Earth, though. That's two, another like, good show. Eighties. Two different Earths. I mean, different alternate realities. You could you could do that. Right. You never know. Um, you can still have your dream of Laura Vandervoot uh, being <laughs> um, being a power girl. Um, so who's next, Jeb? Morgan. Yeah, I love I loved the Danvers family. I I loved Alex in this season. I thought she was so good. Uh, and I think that that the sisterly bond between Alex and Kara are, is really like the heart of the show um, more than anything else. I, I think that they've like spent more time dealing with their like connection to each other. I think that Alex really represents Kara's like strongest connection to Earth and uh, and her family. Like we don't really see her. Her, obviously her father is gone and we don't really see her mother all that often. So it's really Alex is really the the anchor that uh, that sort of connects Kara to all these people around her. And I, I really like the way that they've played Alex is like being very, very confident and very like competent and like in control. But we've also seen so many like vulnerabilities from her. And I, I like that they've explored like sort of the dark side of that adoptive sibling relationship where Alex does sort of resent Kara a little bit for, you know, coming in and having superpowers and, and being basically like a superhero. I thought that that was really interesting as well. I like that they, they didn't just play it as like a straight, like sisterly relationship, like all relationships. It's got like it's bumps. Yeah. I, I thought they really handled that. Well, they didn't go too far into it. Like make it, um, make her appear like she didn't like Kara and she was just doing it to, you know, she was just doing it because she had to take care of her. They really played it out more naturally where it was something that affected her for a while and maybe still somewhere in the back of her mind is still there, you know, that little insecurity, but it's never something that hampers her from actually loving her. And that's why I like that they did that. They didn't play on that. Oh, I hate you. And I, you know, I resent you and I'm only doing this because I have to do it. You know, I like how they did that. Um, how about you, uh, Rebecca? Yeah, I like the point that y'all are making about how there's that contrast of her being a very dedicated, loving sister and then also having this history where she's kind of a jerk to young Kara sometimes. And so I like episodes like For the Girl Who Has Everything, where it really featured Alex heavily. It's one of my it might be my favorite episode of season one because of the Alex stuff in it, because she's so dedicated to Kara and loves her so much that she's willing to go under into this weird dream state that the Black Mercy is putting Kara in and rescuing her sister. And she does it because she reinforces the good things about Kara. And so I, I like the point also about how it, you know, uh, Alex serves as this connection to humanity for Kara and for Supergirl. So I really think that Alex has been a good addition to the Supergirl mythos. And I like that Supergirl has a sister. I think it's good for, you know, the female aspects of the show to show a sisterly relationship because that's, it's not all that common on TV shows. So it's nice to see that they have a, a tight knit bond, but they can also have fights like sisters do. So I hope uh, in, in future episodes, I'll be positive that we'll get more 
uh, episodes. I, I would like to see more uh, Kyler Lee, Alex Danvers centric episodes because I thought she was like Carly mentioned, like she was very strong in the emotional scenes that she had with Eliza in that one weird scene where they played take me to church um, <laughs> in a mother daughter scene. Yeah. The music um, in the show was interesting. Yeah, but, but, but that scene was really powerful. It was really good. And the stuff and for the girl who has everything, it just, that scene where she's, you know, trying to, convince Kara that what what she's experiencing is a dream. That's one of my favorite moments of the show, just because Kyler's performance is so good. So I think she's probably the show's secret weapon. And um, I, I, I say that as sort of a metaphor, because Alex has all those like awesome, you know, kryptonite swords and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really grew very attached to, to Alex Danvers. And it's kind of funny you said secret weapon because this is a joke with Kat because she keeps forgetting um, that for a long time in the comic books, Kara was Superman's secret weapon. See, I, I never That's knew that. I never knew that because we did a, a, while, a couple of weeks ago on our other show called Frontline Live, which is our comic book show. Jay did Jeopardy for us and Jay thought I would totally know that because I, I read Silver Age Supergirl. But Jay thought I would know that she, she was called a secret weapon. Like, I don't remember this. <laughs> um, but I guess it's true. I trust she Jay. She would stay away at the orphanage. She would stay away <laughs> at the orphanage and come in just for, like, a little, like, if he needed that little boost, something to push the fight in his direction. Yeah, I knew she would that, come in and do it I and then disappear. Knew, no one knew I about knew her. her name was the secret weapon, though. I always, um, well, yeah, that's a different story. Let's let's move on to, um, <laughs> we'll move on to another um, um well, another character. Since we mentioned her, I want to answer a question because um, we had a question from the viewers, and it was, um, "Do you think we will ever go? We ever going to see Power Girl in the series? Um, any thoughts on Power Girl coming onto the show?" I mean, I, I think possibly. I mean, they opened up the with the Flash crossover that they could have alternate universes. So I think it's totally possible. Does, um, I think they, I think they would be dumb not to. I think Power Girl is kind of a a no brainer, and I, I know we've kind of talked about what you know. What if Melissa Benoist got to play her as well? Because uh, that would be kind of a fun little idea. But either way, I think you know they they have the multiverse and they have all of these ways that they could bring her in. So I I think they have to personally. How about uh, Morgan and Carly? What did you guys? Do you think we'll see her? Yeah, I think we'll see her eventually. I, I don't know if it'll be, you know, early next. Oh, Morgan. Oh, sorry, as I couldn't, couldn't hear. I lost her, I think. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll find out if we get Morgan back. Um, so, Carly, did, did you have an opinion on Power Girl? Yeah, I mean, they talked, too, about, like, on The Flash, how they might bring a version of Kara on there that may be different from, like, Supergirl. So we, if we don't see her on Supergirl for a while, maybe then another show, because they've said, like, there could be an Earth-1 version of Supergirl or an Earth-2 version that we haven't met yet. So that could be an opportunity, I think, too, not just on Supergirl. Yeah. All right, so, Jay. It would be um, kind of interesting. Um, I just want to throw something else out on the Power Girl side. Do you think the only way we are, we're going to see Power Girl could be from an alternate universe? It the Superman anime, um, the Justice League animated series type 
analog of Power Girl and get a Galatea type, you know, clone of Supergirl as Power Girl. Yeah, I think that's possible because of the Project Cadmus connection. Yeah. Um, I was just seeing, uh, well, we might have lost Morgan totally, but because her, her computer is dead, oh. but I'm seeing if she has another avenue to come back on. So I'll keep you guys updated in the comments, but, uh, what's, oh, oh, we, we might've gotten oh, Morgan yeah. on her phone. Maybe let's see. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but Jay, maybe. I see her. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Oh, all right. Yay. Okay. And, and we hear you, so this is good. This is perfect. <laughs> my battery, my my uh, my laptop completely died, and I looked around, and there's no battery. I was like, "Where's my battery?" <laughs> the worst now, luck I'm ever. My, I'm on my phone now, so not bad. Keep your phone charged. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Well, see, Morgan made me feel better about my technical difficulties. So, so thank you, Morgan. It happens anytime. Um, That's what we're trying to do. Happens to the best of us. Okay. Um, so, Morgan, um, <laughs> since you got cut off, we left off with the um, Power Girl. Do you think we'll see her? And then I asked another, other than an alternate Earth Power Girl, do you think we could get like the Justice League United um, version of her and get um, Galatea as a clone of Supergirl? So it would be Galatea slash Power Girl. I wish I knew more about Power Girl to be able to answer that question. <laughs> I, I, uh, I really have to, like, I'm really interested to learn more about Power Girl. So I, I don't oh, even I can know. Oh, I put you in. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a, a character spotlight on Supergirl Radio with Power Girl. We should. Then I'll know all about her. Then we can learn about her. That's there you good. go. I want to see that happen now. All right. We'll do, we'll do it. I will cool. listen to that for sure. I listen to your episode on um, your show anyway, but I would oh, love good. to hear that. Awesome. So, uh, are um, you Carly? Moving? Any thoughts? Oh, Carly, yes. On <laughs> Power Girl and uh, what was it? Oh, um, Power Girl slash Galatea. See, I'm not like Morgan. I'm <laughs> so somewhat familiar with the comics, like backstory. I mean, I know a little bit. Like I know, like I looked into Power Girl. Um, so. I, I don't know. I'm fine with, like, all the characters. Although we were joking on Supergirl Radio that it would be funny if there was, like, one of the super animals, the super pets, like, in the pod at the end of the season. Because I want Kara to have, like, a puppy or a kitty buddy. <laughs> yeah, it has uh, screechies in the pod. I said, <laughs> I said she should have had a pet cat. She should have had a pet cat in the house, whether it was powered or not. Just a pet cat and call it streaky. Yeah, that would no, be yeah, a yeah, perfect nice little, nod like, to the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they did that on Superman the Animated Series, so that would be very easy to do. Just have her cat be there in the apartment. I I hope so. I would yeah. like to see straight so powers. Does it not? It's like always a mystery. Exactly. <laughs> Keep on guessing. You'll just see this cat in certain scenes. You're like, hmm, is it a normal cat or is it not? Um, I think it would be great if they came back. How did the cat? What are you gonna say, Morgan? I was saying I, I I just think it'd be great if they like came back from the break and it's like what's in the pod and they open it up and it's just a cat. <laughs> Although okay, I feel it's like, like it's like the little cat from like Yanu. <laughs> it's just like a twin. <laughs> Although Carter would have a different face. I think it'd be like 
oh, <laughs> like more of an off face than a shock <laughs> face. But maybe we'll see her face turn, like in the in the season premiere, we'll see that yeah. shock face turn into an off face and be like, ah, that was well, the total cool face. What if the cat in the pod has like glowing red eyes, and that's why Ooh. she's like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is this cat? Cyborg. Both worlds. <laughs> Uh, so Jay, who's uh, are we up to win now? Okay. Yeah. Now we're going into the um, cat code. Oh, you want to do uh, we're win talk about... together, or do you want to just to go? Oh uh, yeah, we could throw we could throw them in together because no. they kind of um, played off of Kara's um, love interest and um, you know friends. They they played actually both roles, and I love that they balanced it so well with them. I yeah. thought it was going to be a tween man. Everybody, I remember when he was cast, everybody was like, oh, he's going to, be he's going to become a tween man. And I'm glad that they didn't go that route and they made it his father. It gave him more depth as a character, I think. It really made him stand out as a character. Instead of just that guy who has a crush on Supergirl who turns into a villain. That would have been so cliche. I like that they gave a real depth to his character by having him be this come from like this sicko father you know because if you know the tween man he's kind of a sicko and then he had he's such a light character when you know he sees the positive in life and he kind of brings that into Kara's world too and to have that balance i think really gave him a lot of depth and then james i was apprehensive about because Jimmy Olsen's just Jimmy Olsen to me he's always been that nerdy little kid who's remains pal and it was hard until they said Superman's been in action for 15 years. Then I was like, okay, I can see this as the older Jimmy Olsen who wanted to take that step out. Um, the kitty, I can see that him being um, built now and having that persona. I can see that now. I was like, he's a little too together. He's a little too, you know, boy bandish for me or whatever you want to say. Like, he's. Um, and now I understood it, and I, I kind of liked it. He kind of grew on me over the season, just because i so connected to who Jimmy Olsen is in the comic books. It was weird to see that transition of, you know, this big buff guy being Jimmy Olsen. But I really liked them, and I, um, I like that they didn't even go the cliche route of them hating each other, you know, like, Wynn had a separation where he thought that he had a disconnect from the group because he liked Kara and he knew that Kara liked him. So, but he didn't go like, oh, I hate you, you're a jerk. You know, all that dumb stuff that C, um, actually CW would have done, you know, <laughs> and made them fight over her and all that long drawn out stuff. I like that they got over it and they were like, you know, we're good, everything's solid, you know. I like that. So, I really like their connection too. They got like a nice little friendship going on. And the three of them are even better friendship. So um Rebecca, what do you think about them? I would echo what you said about when I liked that they played up the, the toy man stuff with his father, um, because there, there was some speculation, would he become the toy man because of his thing for Kara? Um, because that was in his early character breakdown was that he mm -hmm. had this, thing for Kara and and they would be close um, and I loved what they did with Toy Man I think that that's one of the strongest things they did in this season for me I mean they nailed Toy Man and I, I love that episode because I had a lot of Toy Man Easter eggs and, and stuff that I thought was really fun um, 
and James, I like I like James, but I um, I wish they would play up the photographer thing a little more. Um, I I, I know this is going to sound so egotistical, but I went back and re-listened to one of our episodes <laughs> um, about Jimmy Olsen or the character spotlight about him. And Bill Meeks, shout out Bill, to Bill Meeks, a, a Legends of Gotham podcast. He was speculating, oh, it'd be cool if James had all of the, you know, this tech gear. Like, what if he had drones that he was using to, you know, put, you know, uh, photograph Supergirl flying or something like that. And so I think they missed a little bit with his character to kind of highlight the fact that he was, I mean, there were a couple of scenes where he was out in the field and he had a, a camera and, and we saw in the finale that he gave Kara a picture that he took of her. But I kind of would like to see, cause Jimmy Olsen is kind of a tech nerd. He has the signal watch and he has the, the cameras and all that kind of stuff. So I would like to see them do more with, and we've talked about this on Supergirl Radio. I, we would like to see more of these two guys. It's nice to see them bonding and being friends, but they haven't gotten to do a whole lot on the show. So I would like to see more James-centric episodes, Wynn-centric episodes, get more backstory on them, see what they're up to. I mean, Wynn got a little bit with his little uh, office romance with Siobhan, but... Uh, didn't really James, go places. <laughs> not, not so much, um, but it gave Wynn a little more to do. And, and James, I would like to know more about his history with his father. He mentioned that in his backstory about how that's kind of what drove him to become a photographer. And I'd like to know more about his daily... Like, there's a lot of things I would like to know about his connection to Cat and his Daily Planet history. I would like to, you know, just get to know them more as characters instead of just Kara's support team. So I like them, but I wish they would do more with them. Yeah, that's something that I would like to see more of James is he, in the comic books, he is Jimmy Olsen, man of action. Where is the action with him? He just sits in the office all day. Like, I want to see him out in the field taking the risk, taking a shot that can end his life, you know. Like, put him out in that field because that's why he became such a famous journalist. That's because he took the picture of Superman. Is how he went out and took that picture, risking his life taking that picture, you know. Like, that one picture got him a big break. And he he does that. Like, he would take a, shot, he would take a um, chance to risk his life to take that perfect shot. And I think that's something that they're missing from him. So I agree with you on that. Um, how about you, Morgan? Yeah, I, I agree with the, with what everybody's been saying. I, I definitely like that they didn't play the, like the jealousy angle with the two of them for a very long time, because that would have been super super irritating and like just really cliche and like what you would expect i i like that they dropped it pretty fast um yeah it's one of the few shows where i'm like man i wish there was more development on the male characters it's like not something i usually have to say ever so it's kind of fun to say <laughs> but i really do wish that they they had a little bit more development on them uh, i think that they had a little bit of an issue with win in the beginning of the season uh, and I think that they've since uh, straightened it out. But in the beginning of the season, like, Wynn would just pop up literally just to remind the audience that he had a crush on Kara and then he would disappear. Like, he would just have the one scene where he was like, oh, man, Kara is so dreamy. And then he would just, like, go off, uh, like, out of the scene. And you'd be like, why was he here? Uh, so I'm glad that they got those episodes about his father and they addressed the, the crush right away in the season because, you know, in another show that could have lasted like 
far into season two or something where it finally like blows up. So I like that they addressed it early on in season one. I think that they, they didn't do him any favors in the early part of the season because his one like character attribute was like, has a crush on Kara, which is not all that compelling if you're not into that. Like, I was just like, I don't care when get out. <laughs> but I like that they spent some time and actually developed him. And towards the end of the season, he became like one of my, my favorite characters because he was so light and he was got to be funny about something other than like being self-deprecating about his crush. Um, and I agree with what everybody's been saying about Jimmy, um, or as I always refer to him mentally, James Grown Man Olsen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, because from the Supergirl, ra- the early episodes of the Supergirl radio podcast, because they went out of their way in the first couple episodes to be like, no, it's James. Like, <laughs> Jimmy, calm down. You're Jimmy. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree that he spent a lot of time in the office. Um, in fact, I would say that 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 Jimmy was basically just like the stereotypical love interest kind of almost in this season where he didn't do a lot besides like be very attractive um, <laughs> and like help uh, help Supergirl out. And then and also like be a damsel in distress quite often. So he was like sort of the person that Kara had to save a lot. Um, again, not something I ever really say about male characters, but <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I would like to see him go out and like, uh, you know, in some action scenes and, and, and take pictures of things because he's a photographer. That's what he is. Also, supposed to be. He still has his job. I mean, he doesn't take too many pictures. He's just always like, oh, I, I have know. Layouts, but you never actually see him take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, where are the pictures that are going into these layouts? He does a lot of layouts. Like, he that, does. He must mm-hmm. be like, I feel like he's like middle management now and he's just, <laughs> he's, he's doing paperwork all the time. Yeah, it's going to be like a, season two is like the exciting life of like Jimmy Olsen's like the bureaucracy of CatCo. That's just like web a show. lot of meetings. <laughs> I, think, I think the problem with it is that they don't want to, I think the problem with it is that they don't want to really put too much focus on Jimmy because then it takes away from um, Supergirl. And if you take away, you put it onto a guy. But I think it's the character. I think it's because they don't want to put attention onto a guy. You know, that's why like most of the scenes that they show really um, a lot of character growth and um, you know what they do outside of affecting Supergirl are like Cat Grant. You see a lot of her. You know, on your own, but Jimmy, you never do. When you really never do. I think it's like they try to focus more on the the women than they do the men on the show because they but don't want to show that for season one. Hopefully not season two. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's next, Jeff? You. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, also, one character I want to add within this is Lucy because she's connected to James. So, um, Morgan and Rebecca, if you have yeah. comments on Lucy after this, um. So when, you know, he's really fun. I didn't love the love triangle stuff, even though it wasn't that bad. It still wasn't necessary. Um, I mean, I like James and Cara together. I think that's fine. Uh, hopefully there's not a lot of drama with that. I'm sure there will be. Uh, but, yeah, when going back to him, it was fun just to see that we thought he was going to be Toy Man and he ended up having a more complicated story than that. And with James, uh, yeah, I mean, for both characters, I wanted to see more from them. It's hard to talk about them. They were just, like, there to be 
Kara's friends and the support systems, which hopefully we'll see more uh, um, than that in the future. Uh, and then going to Lucy, I this is a character I was super excited for because um, I love Lucy in the comics. I love Sterling Gates' run on the old Superwoman story. It's one of my favorites. So when Lucy was introduced, I was very excited. And uh, I love what they did with the character. I like that. It was very different from the comic. And um, there's obviously still the opportunity to become a Superwoman. But I liked her military background. We don't really see a lot of female military characters on television. So it was really light, a nice um, representation there. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I like that she found out about Car in the end, and that she worked in the DEO and like started to step away from her sister and father and become her own character, which I think is important for I mean both Kara, for James, for for Lucy. That's a big theme, and and they play with that really nicely here. Just saying, hey, we have these these people that are so popular, so famous, and now we have to step away from their shadow. And they did a great job with Lucy's arc, and I'm super excited to see what happens with that character. But yeah, more James and Wynn. I, there's not much to talk about with them because they didn't have a lot of separate screen time. But they, they are fun characters, and, and they, they, made, they made them likable, which is very important, too. Uh, so um, to go to, I guess, let's go to Rebecca and then Morgan just to talk about Lucy. And then we'll go to Carly talk about all, <laughs> all these characters. Okay. Uh, yeah, I liked Lucy. I am I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lois Lane. So any connection to Lois, I, I get very excited about. And I'm, I'm like you, Kat. I really enjoyed Sterling Gates' run on Supergirl and the Superwoman stuff they did with her. So I, I'm hoping that we get to see something like that in the future. Um, the only thing I kind of didn't like about Lucy was that she sort of didn't have like a direct trajectory the whole season. Like she started off as the military person. Then she was like, oh, I'll get a job at CatCo for a couple of episodes. And then she was like, no, oh, no, I'm going to go to the DEO now and be the director of the DEO for some reason. And <laughs> then she got fired and let go from the DEO because Hank Henshaw came back. And so I guess she's going to go back to being military stuff. I don't know. Maybe she's going to go back. So she kind of floundered a little bit <laughs> in the season. But I liked this stuff that uh, I liked the way she was portrayed where she didn't have a catty relationship with Kara. She wasn't I mean, she was jealous of Supergirl a little bit, but she kind of came around to it, especially that she's one of the people that knows Kara's secret now. So I like that she's a secret keeper. I like that she has this really complicated relationship with her father. I think that's a very Lucy Lane thing, uh, a, a very Lucy Lane trait to have. So I would like to see more of her and I would like to see more of her relationship with her father because I think <laughs> something is there. And I, I think that's something they could explore with her in the future. Cool. So uh, I think we're going to Carly and then I'll go back to Jay for the next character <laughs> and also talk about Lucy too. Uh, say about, um... Oh, Morgan, I'm sorry. Morgan, go to Lucy. I'm sorry. <laughs> So Morgan, do you have thoughts what? on Lucy? Do you have thoughts on Lucy? Uh, Sorry, yeah. totally skipped you. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. Uh, no, I I really liked her. I um I was sort of just expecting her. Obviously, I also love Lois Lane, so I was like, oh yay, her sister. Uh, but I the way that they introduced her, I kind of only expected her to be sort of a love interest, like obstacle kind of character where they just like throw her between James and Kara. And uh, and I was pleasantly surprised when they continued to like develop her and she became like a very kind of an important character in the show. But uh, I, I agree with with Rebecca. She was all over the place. She started out 
in one thing and then when she was working at catco randomly and the end i loved when she was like running the deo that was awesome <laughs> but then at the end like hank came back and everybody was like good job lucy and like kind of patted her on the head and, bye like, good job and then, like, out the door like, bye bye now go back to your so, father I, i'll be interested to see where they I'll be interested to see where she ends up next season if she'll if she's still um, around I don't know if she's going to be like a regular on the show but if she is next season like what they're going to do with her is she still going to be at the DEO is uh, is she going to be assistant to the regional manager there like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So let's go to Carly and the, about Wynn, James, and Lucy. <laughs> it's a long list. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I can say that it's already been said, but um, I would say I think Wynn, in terms of like the Wynn versus James, about who got like a little more characterization, I'm glad that they didn't linger too long on the like when having unrequited feelings for Kara storyline, because I felt like for a while it was like, like Morgan said, it was like the only thing that you associated his character with, other than like helping her with her like Supergirl costume and like, you know, following the police scanner for like cats to save out of trees that weren't really cats and like <laughs> and that kind of thing and so when we finally got the storyline where you are introduced to his father and the complicated relationship there you really fleshed out his character more um and made him more sympathetic i think beyond just like this guy that couldn't take a hint <laughs> um but then i think in terms of james when he was introduced it was more i think in line with his in in relation to his friendship with Superman, and so the show really emphasized that to start out with. It seemed like every episode, like anytime he and Carl would talk, it would like Superman would somehow figure into the conversation in some way, shape, or form. So I think the problem with that though is that they they card they started to try to shy away from that almost to the detriment of his character. Like they didn't really know what to do with him when he wasn't being explained in relation to Superman or as like a love interest for Kara. And then the whole love triangle thing happened with Lucy showing up. So I think his arc suffered a lot in season one because they didn't really know where to put him or like how he figured into the greater story. Um, so he ended up just kind of being like a supporting character for Kara's story, but didn't really have any character growth of his own. And um, I think that things got better once he and Lucy broke up. Like she ended up having a better storyline because she wasn't tied to a, a relationship with him anymore. He, I don't think he, was able to grow as much. Like, I think he stayed pretty stagnant in terms of character growth, but I like what they did with Lucy. I like that she didn't just come in as like the other girl, like, you know, the, the competition for Kara. Like once, once they broke up, I was like, I hope they give her something good to do. And they gave her the DEO. <laughs> they took it away from her. <sighs> Hopefully not permanently, but, um, so yeah, I think out of the three of them, Wynn and Lucy ended up have, having slightly more to do, but I think 
James suffered the most in terms of not like they couldn't really figure out what they wanted to do with him. So, which is a shame because I like that they made him a character that's different from the comic character. I like that he seemed kind of more like a suave guy, but you did get to see like underneath, he does still have a lot of insecurities and doubts and questions himself about a lot of things. So it was, it wasn't like he was so far different from the Jimmy Olsen of the comics. Like he still kind of had a little bit of that, you know, maybe like that hesitation and like self doubt, but yeah, a little more buff. <laughs> cool. So Jay, um, talk about Lucy and then we'll move on to our next character. Yeah. Um, Lucy, I agree with everyone that she was a little bit lost for a while because I think they didn't know what they were going to do because they didn't actually have any plans for her. I think they were just brought her in for that love triangle obstacle. And then they were like, she can actually, you know, she actually is good, a good character. We can actually use her. So they try to fit her into CatCo, which wasn't really making any sense because she was military. She was a, uh, a JAG lawyer. And yeah, all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm you know, a regular lawyer. I just left my military post and I'm just right here at CatCo going court. Nobody notices it. And then when they put her in the DEO, I think for season two, they're going to keep her in the DEO because John, okay. um, John said, um, you know, it needs, we need more than one person can run this. So I think she's going to be like kind of his second in command. And then um, Alex would be a part of that too. So I think it's going to be like the three and running the DEO. And um, I actually hope that her and Alex really bond. Because if you think about it, Lois Lane is sort of the Supergirl in her life. You know, she's the big star. You know, everybody knows Lois Lane. She's famous. She won awards and everything. And then there's Lucy, you know? So I think her and Alex really can bond over that sisterly thing. Like, you know, I'm the second fiddle sort of type thing. I would love them to play off of that and, and see them become like really close friends. And um, also I want to see Lois Lane. And I know you can't bring Superman because it weakens Kara, but doesn't mean anything you can't bring Lois and, you know, saying something about Jimmy, maybe, she could get Jimmy back into action, make him go out and get dangerous and go like, into the field. Why haven't you taken any pictures, Jimmy? Go, go take them. <laughs> like, I just want to see Lois come in and drag Jimmy by the arm and say, come on, grab your camera and like right. take him out and get some pictures of Supergirl and like stuff flying at him and he's trying to take those pictures. That's why I want to see him come up with that. That'd be so, cool. Um, I mean, that's just my, in my head, that's how I would like them to go. Now, um, the next character is a big surprise for me because I thought she was going to be a one-note character, and that's Cat Grant. She turned out to be one of the most dynamic characters of the show. She has every personality trait you could possibly figure into a character to where, you know, you're kind of wondering, is she fully stable? Because she can go from the sweet <laughs> want to flip her throat and you know hang a baby hang a um, kitten out the window you know like she's cold-hearted one minute and then giving love advice over donuts the next minute so um i really think that was like a really great job that they did with that um with that character because cat grant is usually just uh, um you know i don't want to say the words but you know she's really like a bee, 
I, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to offend anyone here, but that's basically in comic books, that's what she is, you know. That or, you know, she's a sex pot. You know, those are the two stereotypes that she falls into. And I love that they took that and they were like, we're not going either way. We're going this completely different way. And we're going to show that, yeah, she is a tough, hard-nosed businesswoman. But she's also a woman and a human. And, you know, she's a mother. She's a boss. She's a she's all these different dynamics. She's sort of a big sister, you know, because she's Takara, very much a big sister and a role model. And I really love that we get to see little glimpses of her softer side, like when she said about she cried to that working woman. I thought that was a really nice little touch yeah, you know, it showed that she was a human, not just this automaton that, you know, goes around slicing people's heads off because they didn't get her right coffee. Um, She's that too, but. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, the one thing I thought that they missed with Kat, and this is a joke that I said with Kat before, um, Kat um, on, on here, Kat um, with Kay, was that I thought they should have done when Toy May came in, I would love to see a little dancing baby come in in the office, like as one of the Twin Man's toys. I hope they do that next time Twin Man comes on to go back to the, um, you know, the Alan McBeal days of Calista Flockhart. Mm-hmm. That would have been hilarious. I thought they missed that note because that was the perfect time to do that. But I would like them to do that next season. And I want to see where she goes from here. And I hope they bring in more of her family and more of her personal life. And we just get to see more of Kat Grant because I think she is probably, other than Kara, the breakout character this season. She's the one character that I didn't think I was going to like. And then she really endeared me so hardcore to her character. So, um, Kat, what do you think about Kat? What did I think about Kat? <laughs> um, not myself, but... Uh... Yeah, I, I love Kat. You know, I earlier mentioned that Alex was my second favorite character, but I think Kat is. I, I kind of, I didn't think about Kat. Uh, I, and it goes back to what you're saying, Jay, is that it's that moment where she could be so angry at somebody and just because she got her, someone got their coffee wrong and, or her, yeah, her coffee wrong. And, uh, but then she'll be so motherly to Kara. And uh, I think my only fault, and this wasn't really to her, it was just a plot she had, was when she found out that Kara was Supergirl. I was like, that's the most amazing reveal ever. You actually said she was smart enough, and she knew she was Supergirl. And then the next episode was probably one of the worst episodes of Supergirl for me. And it was just like, oh, let's take that totally away, and we'll trick her. And I'm like, no, I love that she knew. And I understood it ruined the dynamic, I guess, of what they were going for. Now they're kind of going for, like, hey, I know, but I'm not really telling you. They're, like, more of that underlying thing, and I guess I like that, but then you shouldn't have had that episode at all. Because that was one of my favorite reveals, and I loved it. Um, but, yeah, Kat in general, I, I love how even that moment where she finds out that Kara's parents died, you know, I, I lo- and just how she wanted to, like, kind of hug Kara in, in her own way. I thought that was great, and I can't wait to see more from Kat. And it was cool to see her in the action in that finale, like, her doing stuff. I thought that was really cool. So I love Kat. Can't wait to see more of her. Um, real fast, CBS All Access plug again. <laughs> if, you watch, if you watch those, um, the... Um, the um the, the commentaries you will see that they say um in the very beginning why she calls her Kira is because of the Kara versus Kara thing they want to make her poke fun of the 
two fan bases that they knew were going to come out of it. And um, Kat, they did actually say that when she was saying stuff like about the cupcakes and all that, like with the crossover, that they really did, that she does know it, but she's just not saying it. That's what I'm thinking also. Yeah. Yeah, they they did point that out. They were like, she totally knows it, but she's not doing it. But we're trying to make you keep knowing, you know, guessing, is she or doesn't she? So, again, get the app. You can see these, you can hear these little insights that I think are really great. I forgot to mention also. I also forgot to mention about the finale. Like, my, one of my favorite scenes from the finale was when, of course, Kat knows Kara's real name. And she's like, oh, you know, you deserve this, Kara. And, like, she gets her the office. I'm like, and it's like, you're the best assistant. I don't want to do this, but I have to. And it's like, and then she's like, oh, what am I going to do? It's like, you pick your own job. And I was, I was like, ah, oh, now I'm really curious what Kara's going to pick. I really don't know. Um, so, yeah, I love that moment. So, I just want to mention that, too. Uh, Morgan. What do you think about Kat? Yeah, I think I think Kat was one of my favorite characters in the whole season. I just thought that they did such a good job with her. Like, when you first meet her, she just seems very surface and very, like, just vain, kind of shallow. And as the season progresses, she just becomes so much more and you get to see all of her different layers and all of her, like you get a lot of her backstory. You learn about her son and then her, the son that she gave, she just connects with Kara so much. And she, she just becomes such a mentor to her. And uh, without losing like the edge that we first saw when, when the, the season began, like she, even to, into the finale, she's like asking people to get her coffee when they're she's and not noticing that everybody around her is brainwashed <laughs> and uh, and that they can use her to bring some like some levity to the show as well. Um, how about you, Rebecca? Yeah, I love Kat. I think she might still be my favorite character. Alex was fighting to be my favorite character, but uh, towards the end of the season, Kat kind of crept back up. And Kat, Kat with a K, it makes me so happy that you had a problem with that whole reveal because I rant and raved on Supergirl Radio about that because it was awful and I didn't like it. It was really um, my only problem with the show. Like, yeah, the same episodes, here. The only problem I had was that. And I was just like so angry for two episodes and then it became better. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, comic me. Book. it's very much a comic book trope that they that they use i know what so. upset me <laughs> yeah it, it it took me a while as well to kind of get back on the side of cara danvers and supergirl because i was like why would you do that it made me so angry but um i i love cat because she does have that prickly exterior and one of my favorite things that i read in an interview was that andrew kreisberg said that when they were talking about notes about cat grant like calista flockhart would always say make her meaner um, so I, I can just see that in my head, them on set saying she needs to be meaner. Um, and also on kind of a superficial, I guess, level, I love that Kat is sort of the representation because I'm very passionate about this, about like health and wellness. I love that she's the character on the show that 
drinks green juices and talks about like spin classes and things like that. Like there needs to be someone on that show who actually cares about their health while all these other characters are eating donuts and cupcakes. So I really appreciate that part of her character. Um, even though I sort of don't like that, like people see her as a, a mean character and she has those traits, but that's a whole thing. Um, but I, I love Kat because I love that she is so nuanced and layered. She is kind of, <laughs> uh, sometimes mean with her employees, but she does have a soft heart, like in episodes like Livewire, where you get to see that she did care about Leslie and she wanted her to be the best she could be. She wanted her to get better. She paid for her hospital bills, those kinds of things. I, I love seeing that side of her because she is everyone's mentor. She mentors James. She definitely mentors Kara. She tried to mentor <laughs> Leslie and Siobhan. Those went a little south, but she tried to mentor them. So I do like all the, the facets of the Cat Grant character. And I, I do personally think she is, I mean, Supergirl is the star of the show, but Cat Grant is always in the episode like, hey, here I am. <laughs> I'm a star too. So I really thought Cat uh, and Callista really uh, were were bright spots in the season. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with you. And another thing they say that Cat um, never really eats anything that she orders. She just mm. has it there. Yeah, and sometimes that she'll eat That was another like, thing that um, Chris Mark said. She, she sneaks, you know, she eats very, and she drinks, you know, healthy things, but every now and then she'll go in her office to that little place where, um, I, I don't know what that, what that's called over there, like a little bar and she'll like get M&Ms or whatever <laughs> out of her little stash. So sometimes she'll, she'll sneak something that's not so healthy for her, but, um, that's just an interesting little bit of her character that I kind of grabbed onto. Um, how about you, Farm? Yeah, it's funny because they introduced her, I think, and you thought you were going to get somebody like Meryl Streep, Miranda Priestly, and like Devil Wears Prada. Like she was just going to be like the, you know, the boss, like alpha female, kind of like telling Carl what to do. And not, you wouldn't maybe necessarily have a lot of sympathy for her, but I think she was one of the characters that actually grew a lot and you got to see more facets of her character plus she had a really good relationship with both Kara and Supergirl like that kind of grew in different ways like I think at some point she was actually closer to Supergirl than she was to Kara which was interesting um because as Supergirl Kara had a lot of nice moments with her where maybe like at the time she, when she was like her assistant she wouldn't necessarily have been able to have the same conversations with her so she was able to open up to Kat in different ways whether she was her or Supergirl, and I liked that a lot. And I and I think at the end, I mean, I've suspected that Kat really knows that Kara is Supergirl for, like, weeks now. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's confirmed. Um, but I like that they, she's kind of not really letting on that she knows, and they're just kind of trying to preserve the relationship that they have, which is really nice. But also kind of, like, growing the mentorship, too. So I think it's a good example of... It's a nice example of like, a, like an older woman mentoring a younger woman. So we don't we don't get to see a lot of that on TV, and when we do, it's not a very healthy mentorship. So, I mean, this one has its ups and downs, but I think it's kind of it's it's you know we get to see that like she's not just the mean boss lady. Like she actually has a lot of words of wisdom and kind of lessons that she needs to teach Kara. So. 
I like her. She's like the MVP of the show. Definitely. Um, also, also, Jay, be, um, we'll talk about Kara, but I think after that, let's combine um, overall thoughts, season yeah, two, and those stuff together, just for time's yeah. sake. Uh, just wanted to say about um, the whole reveal of um, I know your identity. Oops, sorry, I I buy your um, excuse. I don't think Sharon bought that that fake me out. I hope not. I think <laughs> I think it's all like when she saw that um, Kara was that desperate to keep her identity a secret, she figured that Kara needed this. Supergirl needed this life. Supergirl mm -hmm. needed to be Kara. And if she forced her out, she would hurt Supergirl. So I think she played along with it from that moment. Like that's when she realized she needs this. She needs to be Kara. She needs that. So I don't think it was ever like, oh, I'm too dumb to realize it. I just think she was like, I care enough about Kara to not force her to give this up. So I, I always thought that's how I always saw it. But um, I understand that people were upset by that because it was a very much a trope in comic books that they do it, especially with Martian Manhunter and Superman. It was like he always pretended to be Clark Kent so Superman could be somewhere. But um, I would like to see Lois Lane again come in to unsettle um, Cat, because I would love to see if Lois comes in, how would Cat function? Because you know that that dynamic, I would like to see her like be put off guard. Because Cat is such a strong character, to see someone knock her off that would be a big moment in the show. You know, to see her wobble and maybe Kara be there for her and be like, you know. You're Grant. Don't let that, you know, don't let her come in here like that. So I would love to see that happen. Yeah, Cat Cat had some some things to say about Lois Lane this season um, <laughs> that sometimes were not very flattering. Um, but I think underneath the surface uh, of Cat Grant, I think she actually respects Lois Lane a lot. She just tries oh, to yeah. play it off like she doesn't. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to see that too. And I think with yeah, Lois, I think she though, respects the reason. Her. The reason we haven't seen Lois, though, is I think uh, they don't want to mention that Clark and Lois are married yet. And I have a feeling in this universe they are, and I think that's why they're kind of not showing her yet. Because hmm. that could be a reason. But, oh, sorry, Jay, what were you going to say? No, I said, um, I think she respects Lois, but she also envies her more, I think, than respects her. It's like she wants that notoriety that, you know, like when people hear Lois saying, they know who Lois saying is. When people hear Cat Grant, they're like, oh, yeah, isn't she that, you know, that, you know, woman with the reputation, you know, like, there's no flattery. Like, when you think of Lois Lane, you're like, oh, yeah, she won the Pulitzer for, you know, this, that, you know, they list off those things. Cat Grant just runs Catco, you know, she does gossip columns and all that, you know. I think she envies Lois, she respects her, and she's a little envious, jealous, slash, you know, of her. And I would love to see Lois come and just knock her off that high horse that she sits on sometimes and see she see um cat really have wobbly legs. We never seen that. We kinda of saw it with her son, but that was more of an emotional thing. I want to see her get totally knocked off that horse. So um on to the girl that we're here to talk about, Supergirl, Kara, Kara. Kira, where you want to call her. Um, uh, I love Supergirl. 
in all her forms, except for the New 52 version, but uh, even that kind of grew up <laughs> by then. But um, I really do love Supergirl as a character. I think she really, as much as everyone gives credit, and I even done this, to Wonder Woman as changing with the times and being the woman that's the head of it, Supergirl has also changed with the times because she went from a character that was the secret weapon to the character trying to find herself in the 70s and 80s before they killed her off. And then, you know, they went in different ways with different Supergirls. And now they're back. And I think they, when they did a show, they combined all those factors into this one Supergirl. Probably She's really a high version. Even the New 52 version they did, which is amazing how yeah. they actually did that well. <laughs> Hey, you get the night. You get the gold. Um, the Silver Age. You get um, the pre-crisis. You get post-crisis. Um, Linda Danvers. You get a little bit of horror mixed in there. You get a little bit of um, everyone. So I really like that, and um, I love how they really made her kind of the opposite of Clark in a lot of ways. Clark Kent is always like very comfortable as being Clark Kent. Kara, you feel like she's not fully comfortable being Kara, and she's not fully comfortable being Supergirl either. She's still trying to find herself in the world. And I love that they're doing that. They're finding who she is, because that's the part in her life that she's at, you know, where she doesn't know everything yet. Even though, you know, she is Supergirl, she is Kara. I love that they even played off the fact that she hasn't used her powers in the season, um, in the series premiere. They were like, you know, having flown in years, you know, she, she hit her power, she hampered them, where Superman never had to do that. Um, and I love that they're not relying on Superman, but they're not ignoring him either. So I like that. And I had to say, I love the um, costume change thing, because it totally reminded me of the Lois and Clark um, premiere episode where through all those, where Maka was making all those costumes. So I really like that. And um, I love Kara scenes with her family. What, no matter who the family was in, in it, she really, uh, Melissa really sold that as a, like each different emotion. Because each character, she had a different emotional reaction to. Whether it was the longing of her mother when she saw her aunt, the, you know, the sisterly love when she saw her sister, or when she was talking to... Um, you know, her other mother, she was like, you know, very much the little girl. She went back to the little girl, you know. So I love the way that she separated them emotionally and brought them all together, too, at the same time. So I think, you know, I know people are torn between Alex and Kat. It was no doubt in my mind that star of the show, for me, is my favorite character because... I love that she's just doing it because it's the right thing to do. And I love that they paid homage to Superman, um, you know, saving the, the airplane with Lois and her going for her sister because Alex has been very much the lowest thing for her, that anchor into um, humanity, that that little anchor there. So I really love that they played off of that for her. And I can go on for hours talking about <laughs> Kara because I, I love the character so much. I love when a character is just good for being good. They don't have to rely on, you know, something bad happening to them. She doesn't hark back on to, you know, their bad times. I love that they, she just knows what is right to do, and she does it. Um, 
Carly, what do you think? Kara, Supergirl, Kara, Kira. Kira. <laughs> I think that's the thing that's great about Kara as Supergirl is that you never question that she's going to, like, do the right thing. I mean, we, I've talked about this before, like, I've written articles about, you know, why Supergirl is so great. It's because, you know, we have all these, like, dark superhero shows on TV, like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and, like, those are great, too, for different reasons. But I like the fact that you don't question Supergirl's morals, you don't question that she's going to do the right thing, you don't question, like, she's going to call off, you know, some, like, drug dealers into some alley somewhere and, like... beat the crap out of them you know what i mean like she cares about people she cares about even the even the bad guys that she's fighting like it's not like she goes out there and goes says like i'm gonna kill them she basically says i'm gonna stop them and those are two very different things and i think for other like superhero you know adaptations it's not always like stopping someone that you know sometimes they go a little too far but you don't I mean, aside from the fact, I think she didn't have the one episode with the red kryptonite where she got a little crazy, but the other, you know, 99.9% of the time, she's not going to resort to using, like, deadly force. She's not going to hurt somebody intentionally. So I like that you know that she's going to be a force for good, especially when she's surrounded by, you know... But she also, I think, has a really good support system, and so that helps too. She's got, like you said, she has Alex who grounds her. She has Wynn and James who are support systems. She has Cat Grant. So she has people that she surrounds herself with. It's not like she's a loner, you know, that's a vigilante that's like trying to fight crime and doesn't have any friends. Cause I think that's like another kind of gateway into, you know, the, the, the more, I guess, potentially problematic, like, superhero you know storylines but um yeah i like that you don't you you you're always know that she's gonna be doing the right thing so i plus i love melissa benoist i i wasn't that familiar with her from before because i stopped watching glee before she came on the show but honestly i can't think of anybody that like could have played her better so that was a great job playing it and she was great on glee um, I was one of the people who actually finished. Um, Morgan, uh, Morgan, what do you think about Kara? Yeah, I I loved I loved Kara um, in the whole season. I thought she was so. I I think Melissa Benoist is great um, and just plays her so well. Um, like I remember watching the pilot and like watching the pilot again and just being mm-hmm. like. Yes, this is exactly who I want to play Supergirl. I, and I hadn't been familiar with, with her work either because, like Carly, I had kind of dropped out of Glee by that point. So I didn't really have a point of reference for for her acting. So I was going into it kind of blind, going, like, I hope that who they cast is, as Supergirl is, is good. And she, like, exceeded my expectations. She has just, like, such a, like a, like a kindness and a generosity about her. And it really, like shows through in all of her scenes i really and i just really like the way that they have played supergirl like carly was saying as as such a hopeful character and such a you know you don't really have to worry about like her where her like morals are where her priorities are they're always about helping people uh but on the same side i like that we've seen her struggle this season and we've seen her really fall down 
We've seen her do some like really stupid things, like yeah, like sending a letter to Cat's son, <laughs> pretending to be Cat. Like, girl, no, don't do that. Well, right? Your job, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't do that. That's an invasion of privacy. No, but like we've seen her like make mistakes, uh, and a lot. I like that a lot of her mistakes come from wanting to help people, but just doing it in like ways that you're just like, that's too much. Um, and I like that we've got to see her go all the way bad with the red kryptonite and sort of see what like the worst version of, of Kara would look like. And, uh, I think that that, they use that really well to explore some of the things that, that she was afraid of and some of the, the things that she wasn't addressing. And I like that the way that they explored that with her relationship with her sister and all of her relationships on the show are just so good. Like her relationship with Kat is probably like one of my favorite things, except then I remember her relationship with Alex and then that's my like new favorite thing. So she's got some like all of her, I feel like a lot of her interactions on the show, whether it's with Alex or with, um, with Marsha Manhunter or with Kat, or even with, uh, even though we've talked a little bit about some of the issues with with James and Wynn, like even her relationships with them are very, are very good. And, and I, yeah, I just really like the way that they've played her this season. How about you, Rebecca? Yeah, I think Melissa is the perfect version of Supergirl for the show. I think she is a fantastic actress. I like Carly Morgan. Was not very familiar with her previous work, but she has been able to make everything that she's asked to do very believable, whether it's being really happy, sad, angry. She's had some great moments where she's angry. Um, Supergirl sometimes is very brash and sassy. And so sometimes Melissa has to do that and that's great. And she also does the dual identity very well with Kara at the office. So she makes all of that. She even had to play John Jones being Kara so she can do all of these things that she's asked to do that um, are a little bit of a stretch for most actors and she does them I would argue very flawlessly and um, she can play the romance she can play the comedy uh, she she does the action very well she's very strong and confident as Supergirl and I think that's really important because you want to believe that she is this super powered being that could really you know kick your butt if she needed to um, and so I, I like that she um, can do pretty much anything. And I, I think you see that throughout the season that she's um, able to have all these different sides to her. And I am very happy with the casting. I think her character journey has been very good. Um, Jay, I think you mentioned that, you know, she had kind of not been using her powers um, when we see her at yeah. the beginning. And by the end of it, she's kind of like, accepted who she is as Supergirl and what her mission should be, even though her mission changed from when she came to Earth. And, uh, you know, when we see her in the finale, her 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 goal into what she's, be, you know, been sent here to do has changed, but she's embraced it and she goes after it. And I do um, like that she, and what I like about Supergirl is that her backstory is really tragic. You know, she loses everything. She's known Kryptonian culture. She's known her parents. She's known what life was like on Krypton. And then it goes away and she has to start over. And so what I think the hopefulness and the lightness about her character is that even though she has all of these terrible things that have happened in her past and how she's trying to overcome them, 
she, like you guys have said, she's tried to be a character who always tries to pursue good things and, and, and be a hero and always go after um, the right thing to do. And so I think the show has done a really good job of capturing that part of her character. I agree. And I, I love that they, um, they give that hope to her because like you said, she did know about her parents, you know, like she wasn't Kal-El who was sent there as an infant and he never knew about Krypton. She knows it. So she has this real sense of loss but you never feel like she dwells on it or she's lost in it. She uses it as motivation for hope because she was sent away for something hopeful, not something, you know, fearful. So, um, Kat, what do you think? Kari is my favorite character of the show. I love her. And uh, Melissa, like, I mean, what Rebecca was saying, how many dimensions she has as a as an actress is amazing. And I mean, I disagree with everyone, what everyone said. I, I think she's amazing at, you know, she could be angry. She could be funny. And uh, I, I love her both as Kara and Supergirl and can't wait to see where her journey goes. She's a great hero. Uh, um, a couple of things that I wanted to touch on was, um, you know, we did get the Kryptonians and the DL with the main story of this season, I would say, because that played a lot of things, you know, with the aliens and Fort Roz and the Kryptonians plot. So that was all like the main part of it. But also a big part of this show that a lot of people comment on, and I know we got some comments on other videos that we've done, Kat and I, and I'm sure that you, um, you ladies get it for Supergirl radio, is about how she gets a lot of Superman hand-me-downs. Because Supergirl, as long as she's been around, has never really had a cast, never had a villain, any real villains, you know? Like, you're probably counting your hand, on one hand, how many villains are known by from Supergirl. So, um, I know Rebecca, I believe, said earlier that one of her favorite episodes, if not her favorite episode, was For the Girl Who Has Everything. Um, that's a Superman hand-me-down, um, which is from the man who has everything, which was my favorite comic book, one of my favorite Superman comic books um, issues ever. So um, what do you guys think about, you know, them using the Kryptonians at Fort Ross? Did they do that well? Or was it too much like they didn't know? Did it feel like they didn't know what they were going for, actually? Because you had the Fort Ross escapees and they tied it to the Kryptonians and they tried to throw on the DEO. Or did you think they handled it, right? And then what do you think about the Superman hand-me-downs with the villains and the characters? And, and Jay, do you want to like add that? the season two stuff and the overall thoughts with that, though we can... With all that stuff. Um, well, I was gonna do I was gonna do them right next. I was gonna do them right after. Okay, this so we'll just do that. Just because they could tie into each other. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So whoever should go first, Jeff. So Rebecca, we'll start off with you. Well, I'll start with the Superman hand-me-down since we were talking about for the girl who has everything. I personally, and I love the Superman version of it. I love the comic. I love the JLU episode. Mm -hmm. But I personally think that the Supergirl show did it much more effectively because for Superman, he wasn't on Krypton. He wouldn't have known any of that kind of stuff. And, and the tragedy for Superman in that story is that he gets to experience it for the first time. But I thought it was very effective in the show because she had the ties to everything. She could remember her mother's dress and the thing that she made for her father and that kind of thing. So I actually really thought that they utilized that hand-me-down very well. And I 
think that for in terms of villains, I think they actually did a pretty good job of incorporating because I think some people don't realize that some of Supergirl's villains on the show this this season, the first season, are Supergirl villains. Like Reactron, uh, Livewire's kind of been a Superman villain, but she also had a, an episode that featured Supergirl and Batgirl teaming up. Um, uh, Silver Banshee has been a Supergirl villain. Bizarro Girl has been a Supergirl villain. So a lot of the villains that they featured in season one are Supergirl villains. Now, Toy Man and Maxima are Superman hand-me-downs, but I think those could actually be... Well, actually, even Toy Man, you could argue, is a Supergirl tie-in, too, because Sterling Gates used him with the uh, Supergirl cat stuff in his run. So I would also consider Toy Man to be a Supergirl villain. So I, I think they did a, a good job with some of that stuff in the first season. And in terms of the aliens and, and Fort Ross and everything, I, I know a lot of people didn't want like a, a f- kind of a freak of the week type situation, but I was actually looking forward to that because Fort Ross is this huge facility. I mean, we saw in the finale she, when she lifts Fort Ross into space, it's this huge, what it, it weighed like 1 billion tons or whatever it was. Like it's this huge prison I want to know who else is in there. So I'm kind of bummed that Fort mm-hmm. Ross is now in space and we don't have access to it anymore. I wanted to know who was in there. So I, that part of it, I'm kind of disappointed with. And um, I was also a little bit disappointed with the DEO because I got really excited um, because uh, shout out to Michael Bailey from all things, super podcasting. Um, he had recommended that I read the chase graphic novel. Um, because that deals with the DEO and Cameron Chase. And I got really excited that Cameron Chase was coming onto the show and she came in for one episode. She looked nothing like her comic counterpart and she left. And I was like, but she could be really awesome to put in the DEO. So I don't know if that was because she's a big guest star and they may not have had the budget to keep her around, but I would like to see more of the DEO stuff. I'm still a proponent of bring in director bones because he's a weirdo comic book character, and I want to see that brought to the screen because he's like this. I said that too. I would love to skeleton. see that visually. Yeah, he's like this skeletal-looking guy who like smokes cigars and stuff. Like he's a weirdo character, and I kind of really enjoy him, and I think he would be fun to see in 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 another season. But I'll I'll be patient with that. But I I thought overall for for everything that they had to do and what they tried to accomplish, I I think they succeeded for the most part. They introduced Astra. They carried Astra to the point where <laughs> Laura Benanti was like, I want to go to Broadway, bye. Um, and so <laughs> then they then they had Nan kind of pick up her storyline and continue it with the Myriad stuff. And that was a nice little, you know, half a season long arc that they were able to accomplish. So I think for, you know, all the things that they kind of probably had an uphill battle with this season, they accomplished what they set out to do. I just I just wanted more of it. Who's next, Jen? Um, Kat. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the Superman hand-me-down thing, I think they really did well. Like, they didn't say, like, well, this is all Superman's villains, or because they weren't, like Rebecca mentioned. Um, and also just the way they integrated Superman, I thought they did really well on the show. Um, except the towards the last episode, where it was, like, obviously an excuse they brought him in. Just say, oh, well, we can't do this, you know, bring Supergirl in space if Superman is around, because Superman would obviously help her, so that was a little bit more of a plot thing. 
Uh, and then the whole Kryptonians DEO, DEO thing. Um, I actually, one thing I love about Supergirl is how Flash and Arrow is not great with their villains of the week. They don't really know how to flesh them out, but Supergirl fleshed out their villains of the week. Like you cared about Livewire, you cared about um, Siobhan, you cared about, um, and the list goes on. They, they did really good with their villains and um, I can't wait to see that continue in season two. That's it for me. Uh, see who's next. Get the DVD or whatever. There's that commentary. That commentary <laughs> will be in there too. I'm just saying it again. They do talk about the way that they fleshed out the villains for the show. I am so, happy about um, that. Yeah. Um, Morgan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I also didn't really mind the, the Superman hand-me-downs. I'm not as familiar with some of the comic book uh, resources, so... I would, for instance, I wouldn't know that like Livewire is a traditionally like Superman villain. I was just like, oh, she's cool. Uh, so in in that respect, I didn't really it didn't really bother me uh, the way that they were using the Superman, uh, the the characters from the Superman comics. Um, I thought that they did a good job. I I I agree with how they fleshed out the villains. I I thought that they did a really good job with that as well. Um, what? I I forgot what the second part. Uh, the Kryptonians uh, Dio. Oh, the Kryptonians and Dio. Yeah, the main plot. Yeah, I agree with that with Rebecca. Actually, I wish we had seen a little bit more of the Dio. We were we joke a lot on Supergirl Radio that like literally everybody knows her <laughs> secret identity. Like like all of these government agencies, like senators, like probably like pages in, in DC or out like at a restaurant like laughing about her secret identity like <laughs> I just I feel like there's like a, a huge bureaucracy behind the DEO and we only like ever see like like extras in the background just rushing around looking uh like like they're doing important things <laughs> I'd like to know more about how the DEO works um maybe we'll hopefully we'll get into that next season hopefully they'll be able to bring in some of the characters you guys have been talking about that sound uh like terrifying and interesting and i, <laughs> I like to see them um i thought that they did a good job um with the kryptonian stuff um with the main villains i've i've harped on this a lot but i don't think that non was a very compelling villain um I felt like maybe they could have done something more with him when they knew that like they were going to be losing Astra. Astra was a very compelling villain because she had that tie in with, uh, with Kara. They were family. They had yeah. like a really tortured backstory. It was very interesting. And then we, as soon as she left, it was like, Oh, we're stuck with this guy. Mm. Um, but they, uh, I think adding yeah. in uh, characters like Indigo really helped uh add some interest to that storyline towards the end of the season. So I think that they did the best that they could. Are, are the Fort Ross with the Fort Ross people still on Fort Ross? I thought they escaped. They, yeah, they were in, no, they were in sleep pods. They oh. said, well, they were yeah, in sleep so that, pods. Okay. So I, I didn't understand that. I thought that they had like all escaped and they were just like running out in the world. So that's, some that of them is, are, some of them are news. Disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, I okay. think Supergirl actually stopped that from happening because um, Nan was going to, I think, release them. And then she she kind of stopped that plan from happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think when they, when they first left, I, I said, I think when it first crashed, a bunch of them did run out and they got out there. But then um, there were like a core group that stayed in there. So there were still some that were 
Okay, yeah. So maybe we'll still see some Fort Ross yeah. escapees next season. It would be. I feel like it would be very sad if there were no more because mm-hmm. that was a good excuse for them to bring in all kinds of characters and and it was like a nice blanket excuse for like who is this? It's a Fort Ross escapee. <laughs> I like buy it. I buy it. It's fine. Uh, and it's funny that Kat mentioned um, how they they use Superman in the show. I thought that they did the best they could with like a like an awkward situation, uh, which is that they couldn't really use Superman, but they they were in a situation where how do you ignore Superman? So I thought use iMessage a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they thought of some interesting ways around it. Uh, the eye, the eye messaging. I loved uh, towards the end of the season is when for me it got like hilarious, but like maybe not in the in a good way. Where it's like where he's like flying straight at them, and then all of a sudden he like does like a ninety degree turn and like goes to the ground and starts marching. And I was like, for real? I feel bad for this universe, Superman. He I, he hasn't been built up too much. But but my absolute but favorite. I do like the way that they explained it. I like the way they explained it, that he's grown up as a human, so he thinks of himself as a human. So I. True, but you did drop really down bad. pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and just and just out of sight too. Immediately <laughs> just out of sight. Yeah, but just my absolute, we didn't see any like, glimmers. My one hundred percent favorite use of Superman the whole season was you just see his boots in one mm-hmm. scene, yeah, just the whole yeah. scene and they never cut it. I thought they were just going to establish that he was in the room and then they cut away from him. They never cut away from him. They had this whole like plot discussion, like right in front of Superman's boots, like right in the middle of them. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> so who's next Jay Carly? Carly, yeah. Um, we're talking about the um, Superman Hand Me Downs and the Fort Ross. Fort, oh, did I pause? Oh, let's You pause for a second. So, just Fort Ross and, uh, yeah, Kryptonians, the. Uh, let's see. Carly might be paused. Oh, no, she's good. Yeah, as. as, as Someone who's not super familiar with the comics backstory, and I think maybe Supergirl don't necessarily know a lot of the comics too. For me, it was more exciting because you get to learn about like villains that are in the Superman universe, and, and then and starting off point to like learn more about like. And so you're like, oh, well, that's where they first like a crash course in like Superman canon sort of like with all the you know Superman signing is you're going to get almost every bag that he's ever um so I liked it I liked that we had a basis for why oh the Carly uh yeah, we lost that for a second. Um, okay. All right, so uh, I. And now Jay is pausing. Oh, I, mean, Jay, I, was sure. Chase. I wasn't Am sure. I, I wasn't sure if you're. Oh, and we lost Carly completely now. Um, mm-hmm. I was pausing. Maybe I don't know. You were pausing for a second, but you're good now. 
It How looks like she might, she might not be able to come back. Oh, well, you know, I will ask Carly um, if she had any last minute words that she wanted to say. And, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, her and I'm still. Back on Cameron Chase and all that. Okay. If you want to see more Cameron Chase, you can read the comic book Supergirl for um, Rebirth because it as a part of the DEO. So cool. Just wanted to say that because she's kind of in the comic books now that they're setting up for that story. So, um, all right. Of it, which is, what do you want to see? Your overall thoughts for season um, one. Um, give a rating of um, you know, four quarters, uh, three and three quarters, you know, stuff like that. And then, um, what do you expect from season two? Cool. So, what do you expect from season two and overall rating from and, like one to five stars? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because uh, you're breaking so up a little bit. You're good now. Okay. Um, okay, so who, who's going first, Jed? Rebecca. Okay. Uh, I thought the season was pretty good. I think it, in, in terms of, you know, first season of any show, it's always uh, something where they kind of have to find their footing. So I, I thought a lot of the episodes were very well done and entertaining, and I had a good time. There was a little bit of a bump there in the middle of the season with the cat reveal that I, I had a little bit of an issue with, but I think it rebounded pretty well. And um, I'm still really excited about the show and, and open to so many possibilities in season two. I, I think if I had to rate it out of five with five being the highest, I could probably go 3.75, four, something like that. Um, I, cause I think for the most part, it was pretty strong and the cast is great and the visuals are good. I really got a kick out of seeing her use, uh, her superpowers and getting to see her in the costume and, uh, the, the way they were able to utilize a lot of those abilities in different ways was really fun on a, a special effects level. So I, I thought they did a good job for that being on television. I was really impressed with that. So I'd probably go somewhere 3.75 uh, to, to about a four. Cool, who's next, Jed? If you didn't, oh, who's next, Jed? Back from season two. Oh, Jay, you paused a lot, what are you saying? Oh, were you talking about uh, expectations for season two? Um, yeah, expectations yeah. for season two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, I would just like to see more character development. I just want to see more of, you know, getting to know these characters that we already have been introduced to. Um, you know, there are all kinds of possibilities for villains and storylines that they could pursue. Uh, I... I I don't know. I'm I'm pretty open to a, a lot of things. I I think they have so many things that they can do. There, a a lot of what I would want to see in season two is like, hey, can we get more Maxima? Can we get more Toy Man? Can we get more uh, Lucy Lane? Like <laughs> a lot of it's just like, hey, let's just take these characters we've already introduced and do more with them. So I think that's my season two expectation is. Uh, and I guess I would say the one thing I don't want to see 
is more Kryptonian stuff, <laughs> which uh, which sort of worried me when I saw that there was another Kryptonian pod that landed on Earth because I was like, no, that's exactly what I don't want to see because I feel like I'm kind of kryptonian doubt, even though I know it's a, a big part of Kara's backstory and, um, you know, part of her culture. And so it's kind of nice for her to be able to connect with people who are like her. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I want to, I want other villains to come on and have an impact um, because I think some of the best parts of the show for me in season one were the smaller moments, not the big grand fights in the sky. It was more of the, the small things. And I think that's maybe some of what I would want to see in season two is maybe seeing like, I love the little moments where Supergirl's getting to interact with a little girl that she helps, you know, stick up to bullies at school. You know, those kinds of things are really fun. So I'd like to see maybe Supergirl connecting with the people of National City now that they've kind of embraced her and, and she's their hero. Maybe she could, you know, kind of get to know somebody within the city and have more friends. Kara needs friends outside of Wynn and James and Alex. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I know Batgirl is kind of one of those pie in the sky requests, but it would be fun. Like Power Girl coming on and being an ally would be awesome. I mean, we got to see that a little bit with the Flash to just see her connect with somebody like her, even though we've got Martian Manhunter and they're kind of this superpower team. But uh, maybe maybe more team ups, maybe more friends would be something I'd like to see in season two. Yeah, that would be good to bring in um, Miss Martian, like Kat was saying yeah, earlier. Right. That would be another thing where she could actually be the oldest sister, too, you know, have her play that role. Um, Morgan, how about you? Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the season overall. I thought it was really strong. It, it, was, it got a little bumpy in certain spots, and I think that they had some issues with, like, establishing... Once they established the characters, maybe... I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more of some of the characters, but I think that overall they did a really good job. Uh, they definitely cast the show right. All the uh, all the actors are fantastic, uh, and I think that they did some some really uh, really great stuff this season. So if I had to like one to five, I'd say probably like a four point five. I didn't think it was like quite perfect, but it was a really strong first season of the show. And I think it, it gives them some interesting launching off points for season two. I think in season two, I agree with Rebecca all the way. I just want to see a lot more character development. Um, I just, yeah, I want to see more of when I want to see more of James. Uh, I think James in particular, I know McCad, uh, I think his last name is Brooks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I yeah. saw, uh, I, I'm familiar with him from um, a show, a, Necessary roughness, yeah. 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 And so I know he can be a lot more charming and like charismatic and uh and sort of I don't know, like like he's got a big personality. And I'd like to see that a little bit more in James. Like I'd like to see him be a little less reserved and a little bit more and us to get a little bit more of his uh his personality. Um what else? I just like a lot more character development. I, I also would like to see less Kryptonians. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen because a pod showed up in the finale. Um, but I do kind of feel like towards the end of the season, I was getting Kryptonianed out. Um, I was just kind of feeling like they have tapped that well. 
And I wouldn't say it's dry, but I just feel like there's got to be a different story angle that they could go to because it's going to start to feel a little bit, I think, repetitive. So I'd like to see whatever challenge or whatever storyline happen next season. I would just, I think maybe my main thing is that I just want it to be different than this season. I, I want to go, I want to see the show go in a different direction. I think that they've set it up so, like so that they can very easily do a lot of different things. And I'd be interested to see uh, where they take it next season. Also, she needs a cool. cat. Yeah, the cat is what's in the yes. pod. I think we yeah. definitely decided that. <laughs> I can go for I I like I think Carly said it where she said um, make it like does that cat is that cat does that cat have powers is that cat doing something and you can also play it off like how did the cat get the food from the top shelf in the cabinet <laughs> that was closed you know like you know was it just that is an inventive cat or is that cat super you know mm-hmm. I think it would be a nice little joke so I would really love to see that as a running gag cat um, how about you. Uh, yeah, I love the season. There were some faults here and there. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it was a perfect season, but I give it 4.5 stars. I think it was a really well done uh, season one. Uh, and a lot of times with first seasons, there's a lot more um, building blocks that they tumble over uh, in uh, season one. But I feel like Supergirl really did get a, a good hold of itself. Um from the beginning and like everyone's been saying it's a great cast it's a great set of characters that they could definitely expand on um and for me i think that the person's in the pod is superboy um i i've been predicting this whole cadmus thing even before it started happening on the show like back in february i did a, a, a video on it me and jay were like speculating oh my god this could happen this could happen and i think with superboy and we said that season two could be all about cadmus yeah, and we literally, we've been predicting this. Um, and we were thinking that Maxwell Lord maybe could be behind something. And maybe they could, instead of doing Lex Luthor and Superman, they could do Maxwell Lord and Supergirl. And having, like, a male character, which could be really interesting and see this kind of maybe brother-sister relationship. And have more male, uh, you know, characters with um, story in the show if they bring in Superboy. Uh, so I would like to see Connor. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, also just seeing more friendships, like you guys said. Uh, maybe yeah, more superhero type characters coming on the show. Oh, and, and yeah, I gave it four point five stars. Uh, I mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, um, my overall rating is also four and a half stars, and that's mainly because I love all the little nods that they give to the comic books and stuff like that, and. Even the Supergirl movie with the Omega Hedgehog um, mm-hmm. being in there, like they had to put like the the dumbest thing in Superman lore, well Supergirl lore, because the Superman would be the cellophane S from the movies, but um, the Omega Hedgehog was like the dumbest thing from Supergirl that you could ever think about putting in there, and they put it in there, and it was actually good. So it, I it was the, important you know, in the finale. <laughs> it was very important. Yeah, and it actually fits. I, I like that they actually salvaged something so crappy and made it shine. Like, they really polished that up and made it shine, and they didn't really change it. It looked just like it did in the movie and all that, so I really love that. Um, and I love that they, like Morgan um, Rebecca said about, they really took some of the Superman hand-me-downs, like the girl who has everything, and made it more important for her. Because I think... I agree with you that that made it more important to me that episode because she did have that connection to those people. So I do agree with you on that. And those little things I think really endeared me to the show more 
And also, the acting was really well done with Melissa, with Callista. Um, I think those two really shine the most out of the season. And then you also have um, um, Tyler Lee. I think she did a really great job, too. She was the, my third favorite, I think. Um, but, yeah, the show was really great. I, I, I like how they promoted girl power, but they didn't throw it down your throat. It wasn't like, this is a girl show, you can't do anything. You know, it was, it's a show about a girl, but it's not a girl show. You know, like they didn't throw that at you every five seconds. And I really appreciate that because there's that fine line that you walk out on when the show is about like that. Like you don't want to become too preachy, but you don't want to undercut the main star either. And I like, they've done that perfectly. And the special effects were awesome. Like, you got to see Jean as Jean. You didn't see, like, you know, they didn't do the cheapy, like I said before, um, body paint. I would have hated that. Um, but they did an awesome job, all out costume, everything. I want, for season two, I want Project Cadmus to be the focal point. I think um, Max is going to be a part of that. And um, I would like to see them explore some of the aliens from Project Cadmus or. Um, I guess you would call them um, experiments too. I would like to see um, Double X come in there. Maybe he could be introduced in there. And I wouldn't mind if they went either the Connor route or the um, Galatea route. Either way, I don't care. Clone a female clone or a male clone, but I would like to see him play on that and see how she reacts to it, because we all know how Superman reacted to being cloned. Um, and um, Explore the bigger DC universe. I would like to see. I would like to see it maybe introduce, maybe her meet a Barry from Earth, from her Earth, and establish what Earth is it. Like I want them to give that Earth a name, a number or something. But I also want them to actually establish something like the connection to the other shows. Maybe show a Barry or at least her acknowledge that he was there because after he left, there was like no acknowledgement of it. So I would like them to acknowledge something about that, like when going crazy on looking for, you know, Barry to see if he's in their earth, you know, I think that would be a perfect thing for him to do. And like I said, I want Lois on there. I, I know that there's, you know, DC did this thing where they said that TV and the movies are two different universes. We can coexist with them. Well, show us that you can coexist outside of Flash, you know, that you can't have two flashes. So show us that you're allowed to use Lois Lane on this TV show. I want to see her come in. I want to see that cat moment. And um, yeah, I just want more shakeups. And I want more bonding between characters that you don't expect, like Lucy and Alex. And again, I gave it um, four and a half stars. Awesome. So turn it back over to Cat. Yeah, so that uh, wraps us up. We're just going to go quickly to see what everyone's, you know, what's coming up for everyone's projects if you want to plug something. Uh, so I'm going to go with Rebecca first. Is there anything that you'd like to plug before we go? <laughs> uh, well, just for Supergirl Radio, um, for right now, over the hiatus, uh, we're going to still keep going with the Adventures of Supergirl uh, discussions that we've been having, which are really fun. And uh, we'll, we'll probably have some things coming this summer. Uh, we started talking about that, but uh, definitely tune in if you like the digital comic series. Uh, we have some fun episodes. We've we've been enjoying that. Um, so just uh, stay tuned to Supergirl Radio this summer. Awesome. How about you, Morgan? Is there anything you want to plug before we go? 
Uh, yeah. In addition to Supergirl Radio, you can also find me and Kat on the uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast, <laughs> which you should definitely listen to and review. And you can, uh, I think I mentioned before, but whatever, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. Awesome. And yes, listen to Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We are recording tomorrow. We're always uh, stoked to do so. Uh, so, Jay, is there anything quickly you want to uh, plug? Um, just reviews are going to be up on Frontline and on the Marvel Report coming up. And that's it. Um, you can promote next week's show. Yeah, so next week we're actually doing um, Star Wars Force Awakens uh, commentary on May 4th. So we're really excited about that. <laughs> it was a coincidence that that ended up happening too. So that was really great. And uh, probably Chris uh, from Comic Frontline is going to be joining us. And we're seeing if Brand could join us also um, for that commentary. Because they were going to do a commentary. He's like, why don't we just do it together? So we're going to do that for Media Madness. Uh, so that is our show. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Morgan. I know Carly's not on right now. But thank you, Carly, for joining us. Uh, yes. And it was awesome to have Supergirl Radio on um, our show and just have a really cool, in-depth discussion about Supergirl, a show that we all love here. So uh, let's get our season two very soon, let's hope, and we'll have another conversation like this very soon. So uh, hopefully. Download, download CBS All Access. Yeah, and the last <laughs> CBS All get Access plug. we got to get one more in. Listen to all those commentaries. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. And, well, uh, thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, and thank you guys uh, for thank listening you. to us, too. Um, we really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next uh, Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern time, to uh, commentate Star Wars Force Awakens. So we'll see you guys later. Bye.